Kendra Dachi, welcome back to the Long Distance Love Bombs podcast. We're recording live in our kitchen. Mm-hmm. And you just said, I might cry. Yeah. Full transparency. Mm-hmm. But as a brief introduction to those listening, you and I have done like a dozen of these before uh, over the last couple years. And it's been a minute. It's been, I think, since your Vipassana. Oh, oh yeah. That was the last one. That was in October? Yeah, I think so. 2022. Um, okay, so just as a backstory, we were sitting right here, actually, having dinner. And I forget how it came up, but I think I commented that I wanted to eat all the calories or something. And you made a remark that said something like every woman that you know has had at some point fear or concern around what they put in their body and what they eat and what they look like. And I kind of was taken aback by that because I've literally never thought about gaining weight, being judged for being too large, etc. And I said, oh, we should talk about that. That sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. And do I remember that right? Is that your um right? I remember it differently. <laughs> <laughs> what so happened was how, well how do you remember it? Well what happened was I was finished holding a call in the container, eat with your pussy. Yeah. That I was holding. Which, which is, we should describe that. I will describe it and then we can go into it more because it's a part of this conversation. Um, it is an invitation for women to be with food in a really different way, in an erotic way, in an opening way, in a receivership way, in a way that's really healing, in a way that's really opening, in a way that's, oh, this is where I might cry. <laughs> In a way that's in like the fullest approval. Mm. And it's so much more. I mean, the name itself is very um, provocative. And it, you know, in my experience, makes women look away. To eat with your pussy is like the, this energy of this fiery approval, which is so dormant and starving in our society and in our women. So I was holding this call and what I was doing in this container was I was sending out recipes to each participant. Each recipe had an invitation. The recipe itself is a ceremony that they do in their own time. And then we come together and we eat some of the recipe together in a ceremonious embodied way. And it may sound like a really fun time and it is, but what was happening was there was this woman who had a really big opening, uh, pretty tender emotional experience because to allow for a woman to really allow herself to be with a cookie <laughs> and just actually have approval for what it is allowed to for the whole experience, that she's allowed to receive it, she can eat it without worry, without, um, and I mean, I say without, but the thing is, is that that comes up really loudly. There was a lot of worry, there's a lot of doubt, there's a lot of judgment, there's so much shame. And this woman was having a lot of shame with memories that were coming up. And she's not alone, I've had that too. And so we were sitting having dinner, you and I, and you were like, how was the call? And I was like, it was deep. It was powerful. Like there's a lot of stuff moving here. This is like really big. And that's when you were like, man, it's so wild to me. I've never once worried about like, are people going to judge me if I eat this cookie or like, am I going to get fat or what does this mean about me? I'm disgusting if I eat this and oh, I got to burn this off real quick later. You have the complete opposite where you're like, I need to eat all the calories. I make jokes about wanting to be fat. And what I want to say really quickly to this is like, I know that this is generalization. I know that there are some men that definitely have. 100%. um, A relationship that is unfortunately also 
skewed and not fully um, in alignment with food. And it's not to anybody's fault, but there's so many, there's so many layers to it. And so that's how we started the conversation where I was like, I can guarantee almost every single woman that you know in your life has had a moment of judgment, of shame, of like not allowing herself to eat something fully or to go for the seconds and just like ordered the whatever, the salad instead, and also worried about what it was doing to how her body would be perceived by somebody else. Yeah, that's right. Because I remember saying, you know, like, what did you do? And in my brain thinking, oh, Kendra sent out a recipe, had these women make cookies, and then they gathered on Zoom to eat cookies together. And there was huge breakdowns and it was an initiatory experience. And I remember being confused by that of like, wait, hang on. What, what you just ate a bunch of cookies and women started crying. Like, and you being in the classic way that you do, like, it's so much more than that. I don't have words for it. You don't understand. Mm -hmm. Um, It's deeper than that. Yeah. And so, I mean, I could just start asking questions. Is there more to say about that before we, uh, I feel like something I just want to mention to you here is another piece that's really showing up and that showed up in that container and just in my life and all the places is that it's such a mirror. It's such a mirror for where else are we restricting? Where else are we rushing through something because we feel like we're not allowed to have it? And it's like a guilty, hidden sneaky thing but really the deeper thing is like there's so much sadness and anger even that's like i just want to have this and it's like i can't even eat a cookie without all of this stuff yelling at me in my brain and so yeah there's so much that can then also show up with patterns around that and so it is it's just it's such a mirror food is such a mirror around how we just are open and receptive and receiving where are we satiated in our life? Where are we starving? And there's a difference between restriction and respect, which is a whole other conversation that we can have. Yeah. <laughs> restriction and respect. Yeah. For food specifically. I mean, I'm speaking to food, but I take it all with, again, a mirror with life. So I guess I can go into this background a little bit. I think I've shared before and I've definitely written about it. Um, But the restriction piece for me is like, you know, our diet culture and like restricting ourselves from eating certain things and restricting ourselves from, you know, opening to receive certain things. Like just look at life, Um, the healthy relationships, restricting from connection, restricting from just full approval of, like your boundaries, <laughs> just, you can add it pretty much anywhere. And for me, I've had the experience of like restricting to the point of orthorexia, which is an eating disorder where you're obsessed with everything being so clean and there's high level of restriction. And healthy, right? Like when you quote unquote, clean. yeah, quote unquote, what we would perceive, what the media has said to be healthy. And at that time for me, it was like very strict raw veganism. And I mean, I don't need to go too much into detail, but I've talked about this before, but my whole body like retaliated. I lost my period and just, there's so many things to it for years, for years. And there's so many things also related to it, including mental health and all of this stuff. And so um, I say versus respect because I believe that once we become embodied in the awareness of listening to what is actually healthy for my unique body, it looks like all kinds of foods. And I've talked about this before too, where like, I love, I love donuts. I love my pastries. And there, but there's a difference between knowing if my body's eating this out of a place of there's something else here versus like, I'm not going to eat that out of respect for where my body's at out of respect for, I feel inflamed and tender. And this right now won't digest well. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that can go in all ways too, where I, I will, I can feel my body when I just need to, I actually really need to eat simply if there's a lot going on in my life. And it's just like, it's my life is digesting a lot energetically. My body needs simple foods to be easeful on my system. That's already overloaded. And that's out of respect. 
Yeah, and it's interesting because like when we're sick, or say you have the flu, it's pretty commonly accepted that you should eat bananas, white rice, and some soup, right? Mm -hmm. So like don't eat crazy meals, take it easy. Mm But in times of stress or anxiety or upheaval mm -hmm. or traumatic events, I've never heard anybody say, hey, you should be careful with what you're eating right now. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like the way that you're describing your approach is very much a day-to-day. -day. What does my body need right now? How does it fit into the broader picture of my life? I mean, and it's unique to me. It's going to be different for each person. And I also very much have my moments where I'm just so annoyingly aware of when I'm like, I'm emotionally eating right now. Do right. I like, I'm, I'm going to emotionally eat like all of, all of the food. And I do that. That happens. I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm on this journey. I see it. I think that, that what's important and liberating is that when we can release the shame and the punishment for having these moments in our life, we actually really also loosen the grip of anything that disconnects us from just being loving to ourselves. Yeah. Like another example might be Netflix. Oh, absolutely. So, so like, knowing when you are choosing to watch a movie because you're genuinely interested versus tuning out, mm -hmm. using it as a band-aid, avoiding, deflecting, etc., And having that moment of like, you know what? I am overwhelmed right now mm -hmm. and life is a lot and I just need to switch off for two hours and I'm going to allow myself to do that. Mm -hmm. And being okay with that. Is that a fair? I'd say that's fair. And I think that's the, that's just it. It's like the approval piece. It's just like, I'm going to have approval for the fact that I right now just am at capacity and this is happening. I'm aware of it. It's when we become, or when we come into not only not being aware, but then like unconsciously it becomes like a life pattern, which was sort of what, you know, when I was orthorexic, I was restricted restricted in all areas of my life i didn't go out i didn't see people uh, i was miserable and i wasn't aware I, I i at the time if you had asked me like do you think that this has anything to do with your really restricted behavior around food i would have been like fuck you no like i'm healthy like this is healthy like you don't know what you're talking about i was really unconscious to it and i'm really grateful for it Oh man, there's so many layers to it. And like, if I unpack it even more, I just really had this deep rooted belief around, you know, if, if I can control the way that I think I will be liked by the way I look, then I'm good in society. I'm good. Um, I'll be liked in this spot, but I didn't even like myself in that spot. And at that time, did you realize how powerless you were it's almost as if you're trading control over diet and recipes like you're controlling that aspect of life because you feel powerless about other aspects of other life. aspects yeah. of life of how you'll be perceived what will they say what will they think totally and, and that's I, i've heard you describe before that the relationship to food is the same or, or it's an indicator of the relationship to life yeah absolutely right and I fully believe that too. I fully believe that when we are soft and surrendered and trusting and open, our our connection to like how we not only not only to like what we can really feel we deeply need nutritionally wise and food wise, which again I know I've talked about, but now I eat all of the things and I you love do. meat and all of that, and it's been such a game changer for my life force, but it, there's, there's an ease, there's an ease in how it digests in, in my body. There's an ease in how I can be with life, even in the most tumultuous of times, as opposed to just totally constricting and closing it off. Like I still constrict. I still very much have hard moments in my life right now is one of them. Absolutely. And I don't think I would have had the capacity to move through it the way that I'm doing 
when I was that woman, when I was that girl. So all of this to come back around, because we went to so many, we went to so many places, is I I'm like, I'm so fiercely like angry, but also passionate. And just like it's time to really start talking about and making moves around like women and food. It seems so simple, but it's it's everywhere. And the fact that, you know, you can sit here and, and I love you, but like you, how you, you, how you were just like, like, I I don't even know what that's like to worry, to like, look at, like, you look at the calories because you want more calories. Right. And it's like, I, I can't imagine how much life force is left, like how much more openness you would have if like, that's how you live life. If you actually live life through, this is nourishing me. That's it there's an all of this other baggage and shame and like weighted energy around it. And that takes a lot to unpack. And that's what I'm noticing. That's what I'm seeing. That's what I saw in myself. But I just want to actually ask you, like, I'm, I imagine there's just so much more life force to like create, to just be present in the world, to just not be worrying about all of these little pieces. Yeah. And I think that's partially why we're having this conversation now is because like I'm not oblivious to the fact that people have issues with eating or eating disorders or societal perceptions, what we should or should not look like. I'm obviously aware of that, but something landed in me when you said every woman that you know, Mm -hmm. and I was like, Oh shit, Mm -hmm. you're right. And, um, and yeah, and it's, it's difficult for me, I think to, relate to that because I don't know at a deep day-to-day moment-to-moment level what that feels like Mm -hmm. to be so concerned with food in that way. Yeah. So I don't know how much life force I have or don't have, but I know that it feels pretty damn good to not give a shit ever about what you think about me eating like we've had arguments about you wanting me to eat less like the great avocado incident yeah. some listeners might remember that yeah. from years ago when mm-hmm. it was are you gonna eat that whole avocado and i was like uh fucking oath i am yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm a grown-ass man um so i don't know if that answers your question it does actually in a way that like it doesn't you can't even answer it because no. it's like you don't even know what it would be because you you just you don't know the other. It's foreign to me. It's like, hey, other. Jeremy, what would it? What do you think it would be like to be pregnant? And it's like, I don't know. I've genuinely no idea. I can attempt to put myself in that position, but like, f- from hearing you and your work for various years, like it feels really heavy, and and I and I can relate to other areas of my life where I do feel fear of judgment and i am attempting to control or manipulate Mm -hmm. or gain trust or respect so like i would definitely relate to that yeah this is just one area of my life where i have been lucky enough to have sort of a a break from that yeah and i just want to speak to this piece around you know again it's it's not I even wrote a post about that. It's like, it's not about cookies. Like it's not just, yeah. it's not about the cookies. Um, and it's not about the food, but food is a tangible practice and relationship that we all have. We all will be with food at some point in our day. It's there. And so coming back to speaking to being a woman, and if we really want to get into it, one of the reasons why, and again, not to generalize, I know some men absolutely have their struggles, Um, but you are a white man, you are a white man. And so much of the stories and the conditioning are from diet culture that literally makes money off of women and men and, and men, but like shaming and, and feeling like they need to change something within themselves. And God forbid they have a hunger. God forbid they are hungry to eat more and to also be expressed. So the other big call of this container was that it's it's erotic. <laughs> to be with your food in an erotic way is like 
Can you can you expand on that? Lest yeah. people believe that you're suggesting they masturbate with a brownie or something. I mean, if you want to do that. Well, that's a bad example from my part because I know you don't can. actually masturbate with the brownie. Don't and get it inside of your. When you see it with the pussy, you're not suggesting that there's. I'm not suggesting you know, put that put some you, dentures down there. And- I'm that's not what I'm suggesting. It's an energetic, and when I say erotic, it doesn't mean sex and penetrative sex. It means the life force that pulses through all of us that makes us alive. That happens when all of our senses are turned on and we're in the present moment and we are open and we can receive and we can assimilate and we can digest and we can create and we can, you know, just be so in awe with life. Like permission to savor this experience. Like how much fucking pleasure can you feel right now? Yeah. And so what I was finding in this container, eat with your pussy was like, that's where I was going in with was like, let's go there. Let's open that channel. Let's, you know, see the fun, creative places that we can go. But I was, what I was seeing was that that's possible to get there, but there's so much that we've got to dismantle first. Yeah. I mean, we could get pockets of it and waves of it every once in a while and that's accessible, but there is so much that's being asked to be dismantled before we can actually fully even have approval of that spot. And I find it really sad. I find it really sad that women are still afraid to admit their hunger, that are still feeling a lot of shame for taking up space in their bodies, that still feel like they're in some they're some way disgusting because they have an appetite. And I just imagine like what if our world was filled with women that just like unapologetically had their appetite and were well fed. And I want to just come back to you know, I'm not advocating for obesity. I'm not advocating for eating food that's not going to be respectful for your body. I'm advocating for you know, turning back on the awareness and leaning into the approval of we're allowed to eat. We're allowed to like have big ass appetites. You know, I have memories, <laughs> one recent from Thanksgiving at your place in LA where like I, I like to eat and I have so many memories of people literally like not necessarily judging, but I don't even know. But judging, just, judging is fair, but like in an in an astonished way. Like and like, it, like just for backstory, like your appetite is voracious. Like the amount of food that you can put down for being such a tiny human is exceptional. Like just from an objective standpoint, I remember our first date. You yeah. smashed this plate full of veggie salad thing, and I was honestly gobsmacked like i thought you dumped it on the table under the Mm -hmm. table well i like to eat you do i like to eat and i'm i that's not always been i haven't always had approval of it and so this one experience i just alluded to just to quickly give some backstory was i was at a thanksgiving dinner um at jeremy's dad's place and there was a woman there who was astonished by my plate and took a photo of it of me and then took because the pile was so high because it was a full plate. Yeah. And then when it was fully clean, she took the a photo of the empty plate. And like it's fine. That doesn't that didn't bother me, but what what it brought up for me was the curiosity of like how that's even shocking to see a woman eating so much. Yeah. And just like what if that was just okay? Like what if that was just like, oh, like that's it. Like her body has various needs and it also really does shift depending on where we at where we're at in the cycle of our month, in our life, what's going on. And to bring that back to, you know, I will just also be really honest. I noticed, I notice it doesn't happen all the time because I do have a big appetite. That's just true. But like I alluded to before, I do know when I'm emotionally eating. And when I'm emotionally eating is because I'm starving somewhere in my life. Mm. Either something I need to have a conversation about with you or there's something happening in like our relationship or in like my business and just my own personal world. And it's just like, I feel depleted. I feel malnourished. I'm not connecting with women in my life. Like there's something where I'm like, I'm not, there's a nutrition, like a nutrient piece that's like soulful, that's spiritual, that's emotional, that is not being met. And 
what I want to offer is what if our women gathered and brought awareness to all of these places and allow themselves to be fed there too. And food can again be the mirror for that because it's not always it's not always obvious. It's not always obvious like oh yeah, I haven't hugged my female friend in a long time. I haven't had a heart to heart conversation with a sister. Um makes me want to cry again. I'm really grateful because I have had that very recently and I feel very full in that. Um and so that's something else that I was really noticing in this container was women witnessing other women holding each other in the space of their appetite, in the space of their fear of their appetite, in the space of their shame of their appetite, and then also in the space of their celebration of their appetite and how full and nutritious like that felt. And just the permission to even express that in front of another woman and like be literally seen because we get it. Do you, um, how do I say this? Uh, oftentimes, gosh, how do I say it? Do you, do you feel that the, the anxiety or the fear of judgment that women hold, I know you're speaking for all women, but is it a fear of what other women will say and think about them versus what, men will see and think about them? Like how much of it do you think is like woman on woman trauma, so to speak? I think a lot of it. And so in that container that you have being immersed and surrounded by women that accept you, love you, support your choices, heals that sort of. It opens the door for it. Right. And there's, there's absolutely also tethers of that with, you know, judgment of just society in general. Yeah. And and you know what's what mostly it is is the judgment of ourself. Of course, but I, I have the mean girl phenomenon, right? Yeah. Where I've I've had you know various conversations with women, like and God, we tear each other down, and and we're the most critical of other women. We like, really are. Think, is that a part of it? I, that's absolutely a part of it, and it's also familial. It's also like right. my dad will say this about me, my mom will say this about me, my uncle, my grandma. Like I have memories of my. It's not food related, but it's, it is in a way because eat with your pussy was also like expression, like our hunger as an expression, like our expression in the world. And I remember wearing this thing in my punk rock days and my grandma was telling me I would stick out like a sore thumb and as innocent as it was, like, I was just like, man, I don't want to upset people by my expression. And it's very much related. And that actually was in the moment where like a lot of my food shit started really showing up too. Well, yeah, and even calling it eat with your pussy is sort of a stake in the ground or a yeah. declaration of like... It's a, it's a reclamation. Fuck you. Like, I'm going to speak and mm-hmm. serve and feed myself in the way that feels good to me. And fed women, I want to just move into the physiological aspect for a moment with deep respect of understanding what that means for their own unique nourishment. Like, you're the energy, the creative life force that is in our wombs, that is our pussies, it will turn on. It's it's an energetic, it's absolutely gorgeous when you can feel it. And it's it's very, very, very life-giving. And it can be really scary when it comes on. I'm not going to go too far into this because this is a whole other topic. Sure. Can you just give a brief example to reinforce that this is not like a sexual thing, but like a fully alive thing. It's being connected to your life force as as a woman. It's and like in the physiological aspect of, you know, nourishing with proper nutrition. And then some of that nutrition is our own touch. And I don't mean masturbation, but I do mean like touch yourself, see yourself, feel yourself. Do you have shame for any part of that? And that's somewhere that's really being asked then to be with. And once you can really feel the comfort, feel the nourishment of your own skin on skin, again, I'm not talking about masturbation. She she softens, she opens, scar tissue, pain, like pain from sex and just numbness and just health all, all around. Um, there's a vitality. There's a vitality that can definitely come back online. And it's all connected. It's just, it's all connected. Breathing into, I call her, her, breathing into your pussy, breathing into it. And also 
just one of the fun things that we do in eat with your pussy is when we're eating is we're just like literally pay attention. Like, can you feel, can you feel her? If anybody's ever had the experience, whoever's listening, who's eaten a pastry and like you're turned on and it's not necessarily like a sexual, I want to have sex with this pastry, but there's like a turning on of life force of excitement of this is doing something. All my senses are lit up and turned on and I feel life and I feel present. And again, food is just an example here. It could be anything else. It could be a joyful moment playing outside. It could be, that's also nourishment. And men can also obviously experience this too. It's not just for women with pussies, but I speak about and I work with because I am a woman and we're really malnourished in so many energetic ways. And even if you are nourishing well with foods to me, and like, I can speak to this very moment that I'm experiencing right now in my life when we feel like there is something that is not fully nourishing, there's just a beautiful awareness to what can I do to support that? And what are my previous patterns and tendencies that would maybe have me reaching for restriction or reaching for something that's numbing? Does that make sense? Yeah. When you said earlier that you feel really angry Mm -hmm. about society or all of this stuff, what, what is at the core of that? Like what actually makes you so pissed off about all of this? Like that it exists, that it perpetuates, that people aren't talking about it. Um, it's not like, I'm not like angry at society. I mean, I'm definitely not stoked on a lot of society has to offer us in this day and age. Um, what makes me angry is that it's like a primal ancestral space that women are still not fully, like they're not fully letting themselves be expressed and that there's still these pervasive stories and conditions and that we we still we still have sisterhood wounds Mm -hmm. and that's so readily available for us to heal and i speak to that from my own experience i'm still healing that in me big time but there's just still an anger of like it's still out there like it's still out there that our the way our body is to look that it's dictated from something that's not us and I'm, I'm angry that there's still something that like is, has that influence. And I really, really desire and call forward a space where like we can come together and we can, we can be our own. Like we can come back home into us and we don't have this sensation that we need to give into this influence that's outside of us. That we can actually look in the mirror and there'd be no doubt. Like a reclamation. It is. It is. And it just, it makes me think of, like I have memories of my mom. I have memories of my mom saying awful things about herself. And mom, I know you'll listen. And I know that you're in a really good relationship with yourself now. And I'm really grateful for that. But I have memories of that. I have memories of my sister. I have memories of every woman in my life friends, clients, and it's like my own self. And I like, it it angers me that I feel it in myself. And then I see, I see it in others. And I just like want to shake it out of us. And what's going to be required for that is we just, we really, really lean into the places where we've deprived ourselves and everything that that brings up. Mm. And that brings up our voice that brings up, our appetite that brings up our boundaries that brings up just where we, where do we wear ourselves then? And where do we not express? Where are we, where are we playing small in our lives? Mm. It's all connected. The spaces where we are choosing whether we realize or not to deprive ourselves of the sustenance required to fully thrive. Yeah. And that, I think that what you said is really important because we are choosing 
And there's a really painful reality of that responsibility. And I know that like, I'm in that too. I'm, I've chosen to buy in to a lot of the narratives and there's an undoing. And there's also a deep space of compassion for having made those choices. And that's okay. And it's just not true to buy into them anymore. Mm. But that also means that there's a lot of places that get to come undone. Yeah, I mean, that's why this whole personal development thing is so difficult, right? Is because it requires radical honesty and grieving what was was lost as a consequence of those choices that we made and forgiving ourselves for making those decisions Mm -hmm. and then stepping into this new uncertain, unknown identity that we're not fully embodied and we're making interesting choices and we're figuring it out like a baby giraffe learning to walk. Like it's all really confronting work. It is, but I also just want to speak to like, it doesn't mean that it's all going to be that way. And I know we've talked about this before too. Like there's definitely pockets of it and like I'm fucking in it right now, big time. But just as an example, and it's food related, is like when I started to really give in to listening and honoring what my body was like, you know, eat eggs, eat fish, eat raw liver, eat meat, eat goat cheese on crackers. There is this sense of like, oh my God, like exhale, like eat the donut. Like just, and every moment that I, I, I allowed it, it was like something else crumbled. And I feel there's this beautiful sense of liberation. There's this beautiful, deeper connection to just who the fuck I am as a woman, as like what I'm, I'm allowed to do. Like I'm the one that gives it approval. I'm the one. And there's just something so life-giving, obviously, quite literally, but also this the energy that was put into the worry and how that gets now, that's now reoriented into just like, what am I here to create as opposed to what am I not? Like what, what worrying about whatever lack. So it seems so simple and mundane, but just like, I'll never forget the first time I fried myself an egg and sat with it and was just like, okay, here we go. And just this exhilarating electricity throughout my body of like freedom. It feels like freedom. It's, it's crazy that that's actually where we've gotten to. And that like to sit with like a pastry that we restricted it with ourselves to eat, that feels like freedom, but it's like, it's also what it re- represents, right? It's what it, we've been like labeling it as and what we've been making it mean about ourselves. And then to finally like, let that shit go. There's such a fucking freedom to it. Yeah. I remember he- you, he- I remember hearing you say, it's not about the cookie. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not about the fried egg. Mm-hmm. It's about what those things represent and what you make them represent Mm -hmm. and how you respond to them. That's the deeper thing. Yeah. That is the actual deeper thing. That was the part I got to that dinner at the start of this conversation. And I was like, wait, you just, you made women make cookies and you ate them together. And like, what did you like pillow fight? And you know, it's like, no, it's not about the cookie. The cookies is like a Trojan horse for confronting your truth and how you have potentially, you know, misrepresented that truth in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's the conversation that it seems like you're having and guiding people through. Yeah. And then the doors. As you live it. Yeah. And the doors that open with that too, like not to divulge too much and, um, but other experiences that were really really gorgeous and fun. Like all of the experiences were gorgeous. In the pussy container? Yes. In the pussy container, (laughs) um, was like an awakening in, in sexual intimacy in partnership. And it's like, it's not about sex, but it's about like that energy that was opening. And one of the invitations was, you know, feed this recipe to somebody else and just watch them receive it. And it's not about it being sexual, You'll receive it soon, Jeremy. Just wait. <laughs> I, I'm like basically giving her eyebrow raises. Like, where's my recipe? I don't remember getting 
fed cookies, but I, I do get fed cookies. You get fed a lot of stuff. But so um, to stay back on track, you were suggesting that some of the, what do you call them? Like your pussy pals in your container, they made cookies. Participants, whatever. Participants. Uh, I didn't mean for that to be snarky. I was trying to be silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, your participant, your pussy participants eat with your pussy eat participants. Pers- yeah, sure. Uh, it's just, I feel like you need like a, like you guys are like a team, you know, like together we're the pussy pal. Anyway. But so they, they hypothetically made the recipe, had the breakthroughs with eating the cookie on the calls and then realized, Oh shit. Like I can use my voice to nourish myself and ask for what I need and allow that in other parts of my life, including the bedroom, work, etc. I mean, yes, but it also was like different um, in the sense that it was an energy. Like there's a playful. So the recipe itself, I, I mentioned this, they went and did this in their own time. That in itself had invitations like interwoven in the recipe. Like while they're preparing. While they're preparing. Yeah. Like I gave playlists and there was like a whole, it's a whole experience. And that in itself is very like for themselves to, to really be with it. And there, there's so much I could unpack here. Yeah. Like some of them, I was like, did you even like, where did you rush through it? Did you not even allow yourself to have that experience? Did you like smell the batter? Did you, yeah. Did you feel it? Or was it, did did you make that a chore? Like where else in your life do you rush through something that you actually really want to do? Like where else in your life are you like not all in on something that you feel a deep desire to be all in on? Where else in your life are you like putting a cap on how much you can have? And Mm -hmm. so anyway, there's an energy that can happen from here. And one of the participants, it was just an energetic vibe and that playfulness transpired into the bedroom and and it's like that it, there's no goal in any of this if but it's just about what are you allowing yourself to awaken and open up to of course what comes through for you to be with to process to hold to like dismantle but also what else is like oh this is fun like this is really fun <laughs> and and the energy if you are in partnership it's felt it's it's felt throughout the household you're more playful, you're more present. Like it's, yeah, it's an, it's an awakening. It's like a thawing. An energetic awakening. Yeah. I love that idea. I, I was just pondering, you know, where in my own life do I treat things like a chore when I could make them more vibrant, present, playful. And it, and I just, Didn't sorry to be that. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you there, but like, especially again, coming with food and I know we're wanting to wrap up soon is especially when it came to, you know, preparing yourself nourishment, where are you rushing through taking care of yourself? Like that lands with me because I, I remember reading, um, who was it? There was some famous entrepreneur that essentially suggested, I wish that food just came in a pill that I could swallow because mm -hmm. I get annoyed that I need to stop working to eat. You know, there is that sort of mindset of like, hey, I just need calories. Let me grab whatever, smash it in, fuel the machine, right? There is that kind of mindset in our culture in various spaces. Which is so disconnected because this goes layers deeper. Um, The way I like to approach food is I love to learn about it. Where does it come from of the earth, Mother Earth, our connection to our planet? And it goes that deep. How disconnected are we to the fucking source of it all? And if we don't even want to look at that, if we don't even want to have reverence for what powers our whole home, like that's something to be looked at. How disconnected. I feel sad for these people. That's so unfortunate. What a way to live. I'd never want to live that way. I remember my buddy, Pete Longworth, uh, who you know, who's been on the podcast, he taught a workshop and about photography and it kind of dovetailed into this idea where he was ranting about presence and experience. Mm -hmm. And I remember him saying, you know, your taste buds become less refined over time. So as you age, you actually taste less and less and less. And him saying like, taste your fucking food. Yeah. Like savor the experience, be present, Mm -hmm. you know, enjoy it. 
And that's, again, a mirror for everything. Like, totally. Savor having your hands in the batter. Savor the song that you feel in your, like, running up your spine as you smell the cookies baking in the oven. Like, have that moment. Live your life. Where are we starving ourselves from opening to that? Where do we rush through saying that, oh, I can't have that. I have to go do this. I need to swallow a pill so I can work harder. And yes, work. Yes, you know, do what you've got to do. But I'm saying, like, this is why we're fucking starving. This is why so many people are disconnected. Yeah. And this idea that life can only be lived in the present moment. It's so cliche, but it's also factual, right? And I've referred to meditation as presence practice. Mm -hmm. So for me, meditation is something that helps me to be present, to practice it for a certain amount of time in a certain way. And that experience spreads to the rest of my day. And Mm -hmm. what I'm hearing you say here is that this idea of preparing food feeling it, being with it, as you described, feeling your hands in the batter. Mm -hmm. It's essentially presence practice in a different way that could also spread to the various parts and pieces of your life. A hundred percent. It's its own form of meditation. It's its own form of like your connection to earth, to how you nourish yourself, to like the food that you're going to be placing in your body and in the bodies of people that you love. Mm. And just like really creating that full circle like whoa i am a part of it i am of it like we are connected like there's there's it's an absolutely spiritual aspect too Mm. and again an offering for anybody listening and for those that were in the container was are you noticing that you don't even want to do it are you noticing that like oh this is like too much work and like so i would say nourishing yourself and developing that type of level of relationship is too much work like what is actually there what are you actually not wanting to be with like if you can't prioritize this which is essentially the the maintenance and care of your own life Mm -hmm. like what are you doing i'm and not into so much of that but really like where else in your life is it kind of just lacking like how are your Mm -hmm. how is the strength of your relationships how is the strength of like what you do in the world? How it is, how is just. Yeah. Would it be fair to, to simplify or oversimplify that? Like how you feed yourself and how you feed your body directly relates to how you feed your friendships, how you feed your relationships, how you Mm -hmm. feed your purpose, your work, et cetera. Yeah. And also your reception of it. Mm. Like how do you digest it? Do you rush through that? are you digesting life at all? And mm. now we won't That's go into deep. Like, and like, how else does that show up if you're not digesting it? Right? Like, are you holding shit in? Are you constipated? Like, or are, is shit just like flying out of you? And like, you can't hold on to anything. You can't hold on to relationships. You can't hold on to food. And it's like a deep ask to like ground in and connect. Hmm. Yeah. Did I forget to ask you anything? I don't think so. Do you feel like that was nutritious, that conversation? I think so. Some food for thought. (laughs) I just would love to, like, offer that anybody that's listening to this just to, you know, get curious and open about not just relationship to food, but, like, all the layers to it that were mentioned you know, mother nature, just, do you know where it comes from? Just like the connection to it all. And then also, can you see any mirroring of how you are relating to nurturing and providing nutrients to yourself and all their aspects of your life? Mm. Amen. Yeah. I can't believe you delivered that food for thought line with like a dead state, straight face, like no hint of, that was good. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. Thank you for your work. I honestly think that this entire body of work that you've created using food as a gateway to personal transformation, I've not seen that specifically done anywhere else. And I think it's fucking genius. I really do. I was a little bit skeptical at first, I must admit, 
when you were describing what you do and how it happens in my brain, I was like, you're helping women cook. Like, cool. I support that, but I didn't quite get it. But just over the last year or so I've, I've seen it and I've given it more thought. And I really do think what you're doing is super powerful. So I just want to publicly acknowledge that. Thank you. Yeah. It's a big deal. And I didn't really choose it. It kind of chose me. In a way. Well, yeah, but hang on. I mean, you you allowed yourself to be chosen. Yeah. And you created a receptive space for that to happen. That's exactly it. Is I just finally gave in to like, this is something that's really important. Like, this is something that's really fucking important. And I couldn't, I can't not, even in this spot of crunchiness that I am in life, like, I can't not be talking about it. Yeah. It's so important. Um, and I just want to... I know we got to end this, um, say you don't need to be a good cook. Like you don't need to know how to be in the kitchen. And it's not about that. It's about though, maybe opening to what would it mean to like actually develop that type of relationship deeply with myself and what else would change in my life if that did be there, if that was there, but it's really just the, the intention, the invitation, the presence, the awareness of, how you are with nutrition in your life right now. Yeah. One thing I think could be cool. I'm just throwing this off the top of my head and we can cut it out if you don't like it, but of doing like a one week challenge or a three week challenge where you give people prompts or ideas to help them do this. Cause I could see someone listening to this and being like, that all sounds fucking awesome. And I'm into that. And I relate so much to what you described. I felt like you were talking to me. But now, like, what do I do? How do I do it? You know? Mm -hmm. And, like, having some kind of a... Not like the Instagram 10 steps to radical food sovereignty and reclamation of your life's truths. But, like, hey, I'm getting together a posse. And for the next 10 days, I'm going to have calls. Or, like, I'm going to give you a prompt every day. Or, Mm -hmm. you know... Um, an idea. I like where your head's at. I don't want it to be a challenge because that's actually also needs to be dismantled. Okay. Um, this is not about forcing anything at all, but what I would offer is, um, I'm going to be opening this container again. And if people are interested, then they can message me about how and when that's going to be. Yeah. It was just like a, a word choice, but that's okay. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> I know you're not. I'm just, yeah. It's not a challenge. It's, it's an, it's an, it's invitation. an invitation. It's an invitation. Devotion maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but I am, this last one was five weeks long and I'm feeling it needs to be much longer because there's a lot more that needs to have space for. So I'm feeling the mm. next round will be like a three to four month. Um, beginning in maybe August as I'm sitting and speaking to it. Cool. Uh, so if anybody is interested, they can message me. That's as far as I've gotten. So you can be on a wait list or something. Yeah. And you, I'll put your Instagram and stuff in the show notes. And I think people know where to find you by now. I would hope. Um, I'll just put my information just in case. Okay. That's it. Well done. I love you. I love you too. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs>